Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. And welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm your other co-host, Donnie Cage. There he is. There he is. How's it going, sir? I am do- I'm do- I'm doing great, Kentucky Guy. How are you, the man, the myth, the legend? Ah, uh, fair to Midland, I would say. Fair to Midland. It is a Monday, but we're getting by. We're getting by. Folks, if this is your first time listening to us. You can always catch us on all the platforms, including Pandora, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage has his own podcast, The Uncaged Voice. Go ahead and tell him about that, sir. Yes, if you're into all things pop culture, you definitely want to check out The Uncaged Voice. We stream episodes on YouTube, and we also stream live on Twitch. It is myself, and it is Top Tier Brian and Jigsaw Jester. Very good. Very good. Also, if you're into news, politics, or you like to hear different types of interviews, uh, you can check out the other show that I host, the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Uh, We drop new episodes there every Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, Last Saturday's episode was pretty special. We had John Selzwoyer on. Uh, He is a author and a entrepreneur. And uh, boy, he had a lot of good advice for all the people that uh, work in sales out there. So, if you work in sales or sales management, definitely tune in. But nevertheless, we do drop new episodes here on the wrestling uh, podcast, Against the Mat, every Monday and Friday. Uh, let's see. Also, if you ever want to be on the show or you have any questions for Donnie or myself, you can always email us at ol Kentucky spelled out 99 at yahoo.com. That's Kentucky 99 at yahoo.com. All right. So I'm excited. Let's get back into the groove here. Uh, if you missed last episode, you did miss a fantastic interview with uh, Warren Marlowe, the host of Buzzing with Marlowe, a uh, former professional wrestler. Uh, we didn't get a chance to do my fantasy booking, but uh, we are this episode. And uh, Donnie, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you, sir. Thank you so much, Kentucky guy. Well, I, I've got a good one for you this week. It's, it, it's a very sort of unconventional one. So I want to take you back to around... 2009-2010 Ring of Honor Wrestling. And Kentucky guy, when you get to respond, you'll have to let me know about this. But uh, there was this tag team that were that was in Ring of Honor for a brief period. They were called the Dark City Fight Club. That was uh, John Davis and Corey Chavis. Two, uh, two big African-American wrestlers who, who dressed all in these, uh, in these, these uh, like fluorescent blue uh, singlets. 
and came to the ring wearing these black masks that almost made them look like ghosts. And uh, they feuded briefly with the Briscoes for the Ring of Honor tag team titles. They might have also clashed a little bit with the American Wolves, if I remember correctly. But um, they didn't stay in Ring of Honor for that long, unfortunately. Um, They did eventually move on to the NWA, and they were the NWA tag team champions at one point in time. But I was always really impressed by these guys as far as their look, their ring entrance, their music, their attitude, just... I felt I, I thought they had all the tools to be much more successful than they were. And obviously they had some measure of success, but Ring of Honor, in my opinion, just didn't do the best job booking them. I mean, these guys should have been booked like mon- a monster heel tag team that just demolished everybody in their way on the road to the Ring of Honor world titles. And to be perfectly honest, if Ring of Honor couldn't utilize them that well, then I could have easily seen them going to TNA wrestling during this time period because I feel like for the most part, except for a few wrestlers here and there, when TNA would bring would bring somebody in, they wouldn't drastically change their gimmick that much from what they were doing on the independents. And I think these guys would have been a good fit for 2009-2010 tag team division in TNA, and they could have potentially gone really far there. I would not have want, wanted them to show up in WWE because their gimmicks would have been changed, their names would have been changed, and they would have probably been embarrassed on national television. But uh, definitely an underrated tag team that I think could have achieved a lot more success. And yeah, with that, I'm going to turn it over to you, Kentucky guy. Uh, Yeah, so I remember that tag team very well. Um, I actually always wondered why uh, they didn't. WWE never tried to sign them. That, That always shocked me. Ring of Honor, uh, during that time, 2009-2010, the Briscoe Brothers, I believe, was uh, uh, one of the people that that they were fighting against. Anyways, during that time, that's when uh, the Briscoe Brothers were getting a major push in Ring of Honor. And uh, you're right, they kind of of just pushed them to the wayside and uh, didn't do anything. I mean, they were in the title picture, but they never obtained them. And you, you are right. They did go to the NWA and uh, capture the titles. And uh, they were actually tag champions there, I think, twice, right? If I remember correctly, over the years. I think so, yeah. Two different occasions. Yeah. One time was uh, quite a while as well. They were they had it for quite a few months. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a great one, man. Absolutely. Uh, I actually forgot about them. <laughs> so that's awesome. Uh, so my booking, my fantasy booking this week, is a superstar who actually is rumored, and it's just a rumor here lately, that he's coming back to the WWE. And if he does, I hope to God uh, they uh, right the wrongs that they did. Uh, He was a stud on NXT and a dud on the main roster. This week's fantasy booking is Tyler Breeze. Uh, He signed with the WWE in 2010. Uh, his name was uh, Mike Dalton. He spent several years floundering uh, down in the developmental uh, before setting on the Tyler Breeze character in the mid-2013. Uh, it was then where he struck gold, and I think we all remember that character. I loved it. I loved that gimmick. Uh, it was kind of like uh, he reminded me of a Shawn Michaels slash Rick Martell kind of character. Uh, the only thing different was he had like a a cell phone. He was, he was always looking at the cell phone and that was his mirror. Like Rick Martell used to have the mirror. 
That was his mirror, and I thought it was great. And it won over the fans. He was huge. He never did get the gold in NXT, but he was the FCW uh, World Heavyweight Champion before they changed the name to NXT. Uh, but the, here's the thing. He goes to the uh, WWE. First of all, they do have him lose a couple times uh, for the NXT title. I didn't quite understand that. He never could get that get that golden ring there. But he did beat the likes of like Sami Zayn in a number one's contender match. I remember that. Uh, and he, he beat some fairly fairly good athletes that are still with the company. Uh, also, he beat uh, 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 Pac, the former Atlantic champion on uh, AEW. Anyways, he was, he was a legit star. He really was. And he even had the honor of wrestling uh, uh, Jusen uh, Liger's one and only WWE match. Uh, he did lose the match, but it still made him a contender. Finally, in October 2020, uh, October 2022, <laughs> the 22nd day of October uh, 2015, he made his SmackDown uh, premiere. He actually showed up as Summer Rae's latest squeeze, like he was, he was supposed to be her boyfriend or whatever. And he attacked Dolph Ziggler. Now, here's the thing. That, that was right before Hell in the Cell. And he was supposed to, him and Dolph Ziggler were supposed to fight at Hell in the Cell. But the match never happened. And if you remember, they never explained it. They never put out one PR notice on why that match never happened. So then, the following Raw, uh, he shows up and he attacks... Uh, Ziggler restarting their rivalry. Uh, but there at that time, there was a uh, WWE World Heavyweight Championship tournament that kind of put those guys on the back burner for a few weeks. Once again, uh, this is a talent that they really missed the boat on. Finally, they did, uh, him and Dolph Ziggler did fight at SummerSlam. Uh, it was an okay match. Uh, I've seen Zoff wrestle better. I know I've seen Tyler wrestle better. Uh, Tyler did win the match in an upset. Um, and it should have been a sign, I guess, that he was going to really do something. But that match right there was really considered the last credible match he ever wrestled in the WWE. Now, people are going to say, oh, he was with Fandango, and they did this. They didn't do anything. All they did was win the NXT. They went back to NXT before they got released and uh, won the NXT tag titles. I mean, that that's the only thing that he did with Fandango. Uh, and then, you know, uh, it was uh, announced uh, 11 years after he was with WWE, a total of 11 years, uh, and he was released on June 25th, 2021. On, on October 5th of this year, uh, it has been quoted that he was on the program, The Bump, uh, of WWE's and uh, he mentioned possibly returning to the ring. Now, I know he's still a free agent. He's never wrestled anywhere else. He took some time off. But here's where they missed the boat with this guy. This guy, as I mentioned, he was the Florida Heavyweight Championship. This is this stuff is all before uh, he came under the WWE contract. He was the Florida Tag Team Champion. Uh, he was the Prairie Wrestling Alliance Champion, Heavyweight Champion. And the tag team champion. 
So this guy had the credibility and he had the push in NXT. And once again, they blow it. They, as soon as they started teaming him up with Fandango, his reputation and credibility was over, in my opinion. Your thoughts, sir? I absolutely agree with you on pretty much all your points about Tyler Breeze. This was a gimmick that really got over in NXT. Obviously, you mentioned he had that match with with uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, which was Liger's only official WWE match. So that was an honor right there for him to be selected for that. He definitely could have won the NXT championship. You know, I'm not saying he, he would have had a super long reign, but it would have been a nice little push just to give him that just to give him that belt because of all of his hard work building up his character and so forth. Um, you know, when he came to the main roster, he could have been a solid mid-card hand, but they never really went that direction. They He had the brief feud with Dolph Ziggler, and they kind of just forgot about him until they paired him up with, with Fandango. And actually, I, I used to find the, the skits that they did for the fashion police to be pretty entertaining. And honestly, if, they're, if you're going to go all out, with a with a ridiculous gimmick, you might as well just go all out and call the tag team the Fashion Police at that point. Um, and, and you could still have the Mac Goofy and do you know this this and this. Have Tyler Breeze be obsessed with the selfie stick. But then when it comes to ring time, the two of them shifted into a new a different gear, and they become you know they, they show their amazing work rate. Because honestly, Fandango was a pretty good worker too. He just had that really you know, over-the-top dancing gimmick, which, again, that also got over with the crowd big time. And they missed the boat on pushing him as Intercontinental Champion at one point in time. But, um, yeah, Tyler Breeze definitely deserved a bigger push. And, I mean, if he comes back to WWE, then great. Uh, I, I don't know if they just have him in mind as somebody who would po- possibly be a producer or a trainer of some kind, or if he actually wants to be a full-time wrestler again. Time will tell, I guess. Yeah, he's still pretty young. So uh, I would imagine if he comes back, uh, he'll be in the ring. Um, yeah, he's pretty young still. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but it was, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Fandango, uh, <sighs> I didn't like his gimmick, but uh, he did show signs of, uh, uh, sometimes he showed signs that he was a genius in the ring. Some of the things he did, but uh, his gimmick always threw me off the dancing and stuff. So I don't know. But yeah, um, so let's move on. Uh, Rampage results. Uh, the first match on the card was Claudio and John Moxley versus the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, the winner was uh, John Moxley and Claudio. Um, I actually thought that the Butcher and the Blade looked pretty good in this match, though. I mean, I know they lost the match, but uh, they uh, <laughs> they actually surprised me a little bit. These guys are. Uh, they're kind of like that private party group. They just don't go away. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, once again, I, I knew going into this match who was going to win it because, I mean, you've got your AEW world champion and you've got your former Ring of Honor world champion teaming up against the Butcher and the Blade who have been kind of an afterthought for quite a while now, which is unfortunate because they have an interesting gimmick and I don't think either one of them are actually bad in the ring. Um, so I'm glad they made the match somewhat competitive at least. But... Uh, I mean, the end result was uh, pretty obvious. Yeah, I think these two need to uh, battle like somebody, like the Dark Order or the Acclaim or something like that would make much more sense. Because uh, uh, you give these guys a few wins, and because uh, the crowd did cheer for them just a little bit, and uh, with that crazy bunny, and, and separate them from uh, Andrade's group, 
And uh, I think they do a lot better. I really do. Um, then we have, speaking of private party, we have uh, Isaiah Cassidy versus Ethan Page. Now, the winner of this match, if Ethan Page won, he would also get uh, Matt Hardy's contract. If he lost, he would set free a uh, private party and they would be free agents. Well, Ethan Page, of course, won the match and now they own Matt Hardy, which is kind of an interesting twist. Uh, I don't really know what's going to happen there. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, does that mean, I mean, does it mean basically that the firm owns Matt, Matt Hardy's contract now? Yep, that's exactly what it means. Yeah. Uh, don't know quite where they're going to go with this. Maybe we'll get some. Maybe we'll get some Matt Hardy uh, MJF interactions, which could be pretty entertaining. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I still say what I always say, which is that I mean, I see Matt Hardy transitioning into more and more of a backstage role and occasional on-screen character. I think he needs to, for the most part, needs to probably stay out of the ring at this point. His body's just too beaten up at this stage. Not saying he can't still contribute to AEW in a meaningful way. I do think he can, but um, yeah, just as as an active full time wrestler, I don't I don't really want to see too much of that anymore. Yeah, I think he was kind of dumb in this though in this decision because private party's not worth putting your <laughs> putting your contract on the line. Uh, they're just they're just not they're not relevant anymore. Uh, they're just uh, they need a they need to separate or they need a complete reboot. Something needs to happen there. So, uh, then we had the trios match, uh, which was FTR and the perfect 10, Sean Spears versus, uh, Brian cage in the gates of agony. So yeah, FTR did win the match. However, uh, besides that, this group gates, this tag team of, uh, gates of agony, agony. I really like a lot. Uh, these guys continue to impress me, and uh, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to their next match whenever they wrestle again. Uh, I, I really enjoyed them a lot. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you've got to diversify the tag team division a little bit. You've got to introduce some new faces, and Gates of Agony, which, which number one, I think is a pretty cool name for a tag team. Uh, but they've been, uh, yeah, they've been impressing. And, uh, I mean, technically, this group that they're in with Brian Cage and Prince Nana, I believe, is the current version of the Embassy. It is. It, it, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I look for this tag team to break away from those guys, though, uh, because I, I really think they have, uh, they have a uh, successful road ahead of them. Uh, the way I know they come from New Japan. I looked up some of their old matches. These guys were champions in New Japan as well. So uh, don't blow it, Tony Khan. <laughs> You've got a real good uh, addition here. Just use them the right way and book them the right way. And then we had Nyla Rose defending her. Oh, wait. It's not hers, but defending, <laughs> defending the TBS uh, belt against uh, Anna JS. Uh, of course, Nyla Rose won this. The best part of this was uh, Jade coming out to get her belt and Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero running around her and uh, taking the belt once again and keeping it. I, I just, I love, I love it. I do. Uh, finally, uh, somebody is messing with Jade and, and, and I like it. Your thoughts? 
It was an entertaining segment. Um, I mean, I really just want to get to the match, too, at this point, uh, not just have them play uh, hide-and-seek with the TBS championship. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it made me laugh. It uh, kept, me, kept me entertained, let's just say. And so, also, so let's go, let's move on to Dynamite. That's about all uh, Rampage had. Uh, the Dynamite card, we want to let you know that, uh, don't forget, Dynamite is on Tuesday this week. So it is tomorrow. Uh, and here's what the matches that they have. Uh, I think this is going to be all of them. The matches they have lined up. Uh, we have the AEW World Title Match. John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page. We have a newly match added uh, for the Ring of Honor World Title, which is Jericho versus uh, Castle. Uh, Dalton, we didn't get a ch- chance to talk about this on the last episode, but he appeared out of nowhere. Uh, he is a he is a good wrestler, a really good wrestler. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to follow him in Ring of Honor or Impact, but the only thing I don't like about him is I don't like the the boys, like the guys with them. Uh, I, I just the way he portrays it, and I'll let you comment here in just a second. We'll go through the rest of the list real quick. The interim women's titles on the line, uh, Storm versus uh, Shada. Uh, the AEW's trios, uh, <laughs> please don't make this mistake. Their title's on the line. And the Death Triangle, and they're going against Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends. I swear to God, if they make that mistake again, I'm going to freak out. Uh, MJF is supposed to be on the show live. That's the whole reason why I'm tuning in, duh. And then uh, Renee, uh, John Moxley's wife, is actually going to have a sit-down with uh, Brian Danielson and Wheeler Yuta. Your thoughts on the lineup for Tuesday's Dynamite, sir? Well, it is a stacked show for sure. And uh, I, I don't anticipate that we're going to see any title changes. Um, certainly not in the AEW women's. I refuse to call it interim women's. AEW Women's Championship match and the um, AEW Men's World Title match. I think we're going to see Tony Storm and John Moxley retain their titles as they should at this point. Um, and I don't see Jericho dropping the uh, title at this point in time. I, I think I think Dalton Castle. Um, it, it's cool to see yet another former Ring of Honor World Champion there to challenge Jericho. I actually thought he caught a pretty entertaining promo on uh, Rampage this week. Um, was it on Rampage or was it Dynamite? I keep I keep forgetting what uh, what day it was. Dynamite, but uh, on Dynamite. Uh, so so yeah, it's it'll be cool to see the two of them wrestle. I think it'll be a good match. I I'm with you. I've never a hundred percent understood Dalton Castle's gimmick, but it works for him. And more power to him if he commits to it, and and can get people to cheer for him. And I mean, as far as the rest of the show, the trios championships, I am. 100% with you. I mean, I don't really mind the best friends themselves as a tag team, but I, I don't see them and Orange Cassidy winning the belts from Death Triangle. I think Death Triangle needs to keep this momentum going. Having them lose at this point would be a huge mistake. And, uh, yeah, as far as the sit-down interview, it's uh, it, it's gr- it's good to see Renee in, uh, in AEW. I'm not 100% surprised by that, seeing as how I mean, her husband just re-signed a multi-year contract with AEW, so uh, I, that that didn't shock me too much that she ended up signing with them as well. 
sit-down interview will be interesting. And then, of course, we get to hear from Mr. MJF, and I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say. Uh, I'm sure he'll be uh, throwing the people of uh, whatever city Dynamite is in this week under the bus like he always does. You know, maybe, maybe he'll wear an opposing team uh, jersey to really uh, get under their skin. Uh, but that'll be interesting to see how it um, how it unfolds. Kind of makes me wonder if MJF is going to get involved in the AEW World Championship match at all. Yeah, um, he's been, uh, I think he'll be sitting in that press box watching the match. Uh, but, you know, he's got that little, he says it's not his faction, but, I mean, come on, they're on retainer, uh, who already interfered in a Moxley match in another promotion. So, and you know, you know what's kind of odd is that happened in John Moxley has cut two promos that I can think of since that happened, costing him the GCW world title, and he's not mentioned it at all, at all. And this group is not in G, uh, GCW, they're AEW group. So I don't know. It's just I, I just find that odd. Uh, maybe a missed opportunity. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you on everything that you just said. Um, Renee, yeah, that was kind of a, a middle finger to the WWE, right? Because <laughs> they tried to get her to sign, hoping to get her husband to, because his contract was up with AEW, to sign with them as well. And they kind of showed them, you know, we don't care if Triple H is running it. Let's not do it. <laughs> yep, for sure. All right, so let's go on to the SmackDown, WWE SmackDown results. Uh, the first match on the card that we had was Sheamus versus Ricochet uh, versus uh, Solo versus Karrion uh, Cross. However, that piece of crap, <laughs> Drew McIntyre, gets involved and tries to kill Karrion Cross with his car. My pick to win the match, by the way. And and he's taken out, taken to the hospital. God, I hope he's all right. And uh, they replaced him with Rey Mysterio, who was quitting. And now he's the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship against Gunther. Who wants to see this little man get swatted down by Gunther? I, I, I don't understand it, but your thoughts? Well, I, I guess they that was probably the best thing they could do to keep Karrion Cross. Well, no, honestly, honestly, what I would have done if they really wanted to continue this Karrion Cross Drew McIntyre feud, they could have had Drew come out during the match and distract Karrion Cross, and the two of them could have gotten into a pull apart brawl or something like that. This whole Drew McIntyre needing trying to run him over with a car, I'm like. Come on, Drew, you're better than that, man. You're the Scottish warrior. You, you don't have to resort to driving a car and trying to commit vehicular homicide against the He's guy. Your uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Rey Mysterio being inserted into the match was was certainly unexpected. Um, I think, uh, you know, a match between him and Gunther could be interesting. It's definitely a clash of styles. And Rey Mysterio historically has always worked well with uh, larger wrestlers. So I think this could be an entertaining match. I absolutely do not see Rey Mysterio beating Gunther, but I think it'll be an entertaining match. Yeah. So I, I understand that Rey Mysterio is, because of the storyline with Judgment Day, he's on SmackDown now, right? 
Um, my my only thing is is that story is not over. You can't just end that story that way. So somehow they're going to have to have Judgment Day bleed over to SmackDown, I think, uh, because I just don't see that story. You can't leave the story with loose ends like that. Am I right about that or am I crazy? No, you're 100% right. I It would be terrible if they left that unresolved completely. Um, so either Judgment Day will, will bleed over into SmackDown, which pretty much every wrestler bleeds over into SmackDown and Raw these days, um, or Rey Mysterio, after he wraps up the storyline with Gunther, will go back to Raw and he'll close out the storyline with Dominic and Judgment Day. So a couple of options. Uh, but you definitely can't leave it unresolved. What I'd like to see is I'd like to see Rey Mysterio, and I understand them taking him out of the picture right now because now you have the uh, OG, right? And uh, they're going to be battling against uh, Judgment Day for the foreseeable future. I'd like to see Rey find a, a partner on SmackDown and then take them back to Raw with him to take out the Judgment Day. That would make more sense to me than just keeping it separate. So, uh, let's see. We had Kofi Kingston versus Sami Zayn. And, uh, yeah, uh, Jay Uso actually, uh, he helped Sami win this match. I mean, you have to be honest. <laughs> uh, I don't know, uh, if he was tired of getting yelled at by Roman for the week, uh, the week prior, but, uh, yeah, he actually got involved and, uh, Sami Zayn won the match. Uh, so go Bloodline. Your thoughts? Yeah, it was an interesting turn of events because uh, he on when, when Sami Zayn wrestled Matt Riddle on Raw, Jay was the one who was holding Jimmy Uso back, if you remember, and preventing him from helping Sami Zayn. Whereas this time around, Jay actually helped Sami Zayn win the match. So I don't quite know what's going on there. I don't know if Jay in his own weird way is developing a little respect for Sammy or if this is Jay's way of playing mind games with Sammy the way I the way I still insist Sammy's playing mind games with the rest of the bloodline. No, I think you're right on Sammy Zane uh somehow he's going to uh he's going to try he's going to do a lot he's already done some. He's going to do a lot more damage to this group. I am just curious how long uh they're going to play this out uh, because this, I mean, it's, this is this storyline with Sami Zayn and the bloodline. This has been going on for months. <laughs> so uh, I know he just recently got the honorary Uso shirt, but he's been chasing these guys for months. I mean, uh, it's just, I don't know that it, it's a great story, but don't drag it out too far because once he does do what he's going to do, uh, then you're going to have him chasing, I'm sure, for the tag team titles with a partner. So, I mean, you got to think about that, too. So don't don't wear everybody out on this. Well, well, it's like I said, I could see them dragging it out maybe till Survivor Series next month. And potentially the bloodline is involved in one of the one of the two war games matches. And, you know, maybe and, you know, maybe I, I've got this all wrong. Maybe Sammy isn't playing mind games with everyone and maybe it'll be a situation where he makes a genuine mistake and costs the bloodline the match and then they unload on him and he's kicked out of the group that that, that's one possible scenario um or like i said maybe he was just planning the whole the the whole thing the entire time and 
and and playing and just playing mind games with all of them. We will we'll see where it goes. What did he used to call himself before he joined them? The great what something? Do you remember? I don't remember what he used to call himself. Now I need see. Now I need to look. It was it up. something like when he was thinking everything was a conspiracy against him, or or what have you. Uh it was and and it plays in line with what he's doing with the bloodline. I just can't think of the name of it right now. Uh, yeah, why don't uh, let's see. Uh, let me give you the next match, and I'll let you talk about it. And I'm gonna look it up real quick. Uh, L.A. Knight versus uh, Mansoor. Uh, I thought L.A. Knight looked great. Glad to see him back in the ring. And, uh, of course, he was the winner of this match, hands down. I don't know why uh, they're keeping the models around. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, your thoughts, sir? Uh, Sami Zayn's name was the, the Great Liberator, the by the liberator. way. That was, that was That's the name. right. Okay. Yeah, so that. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm so glad that uh, L.A. Knight just mopped the floor with Mansoor. Uh, that's exactly what he should have done. And I like the fact that he, he cut that promo at the end of the match where he said, I'm putting the locker room on notice. I said, yes, this is, it's about time. This guy, this is his attitude. He, he's there to make an impact. He's there to, to, to prove why he's better than everybody else on the roster. This is what should have happened with his character from day one, not, Oh, my name's Max Dupree, and I've got this uh, this maximum male models uh, gimmick, which was just uh, so dumb. Yeah, he. Um, so yeah, now he looks like now he looks like uh, he could be Intercontinental or United States Champion. He's he, now now he does look like uh, he can be in that role, and uh, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't count him out. He he definitely looked good in the ring. And then we had the return to SmackDown, Bray Wyatt. And I tell you what, this Bray Wyatt that we've seen uh, before the, uh, I don't know what that was, that come on the screen, uh, he, uh, I don't think we'll see this Bray Wyatt often, this part, this side of him, or even if we'll ever see it again until like the day he retires or gets inducted to the Hall of Fame. Uh, he was very emotional. Uh, he's very honest, and uh, it kind of played along, and it still played into his character, uh, the White Rabbit story that's coming back, because then at the end, before he could end his uh, promo, uh, the uh, the mask guy, which is him, I guess, uh, shows up on the screen and uh, tells, and I... I couldn't really make out. I've heard several things on what he supposedly said. I couldn't understand what he was saying. Uh, maybe maybe you have more insight to that, but I thought that was so cool. And then I seen a video clip of somebody who was in the audience, and that we actually didn't see it all on live television. Uh, it actually said a lot more stuff. Uh, that mass, I don't know what to call it, that mass thing. <laughs> so your thoughts? Well, the mass figure that appeared on screen if you remember that was the same mask bray was wearing at the end of extreme yep. rules last uh, last saturday so I, I i'm of the opinion that 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 the mask guy is also bray but it's like an uh, it's like an alternate personality kind of thing similar to what he was doing with the firefly funhouse host and the fiend a while back um i i thought this was great that they let bray wyatt just 
sort of break character for the first and probably only time in his career to just let him pour his heart out on TV. I don't mind when they do this every now and then when they quote unquote break kayfabe if it makes sense to do it because you know he he got in the ring he he poured his heart out to the fans he thanked them for all this, their support he said he got through some rough times and then it was like it, it was like he flipped the switch and he's back in character and it's like it, it's like okay uh now that we got that out of the way let's get back to the storyline and tell you more about the white rabbit and what's going on in Bray Wyatt's crazy mind so i'm i'm intrigued to see where it goes this is another one of those things where um I know they've got to let it play it. They've got to let it play out so that we understand what the narrative is. But I don't want them to wait too too long before they put Bray back in the ring in an actual match, um, because because I, I I you know some people may be and others might not, but I am excited to see him get back in the ring as well because I think he has a lot to offer there, not just in his promos and character work. Uh, did, could you make out what what the mask was saying at all? He was referencing, like, forget the past, forget the future, um, something about following me. I, I, I mean, I heard, I listened to the entire thing. I just don't remember the words off the top of my head. But, I mean, it, it's almost like this mask figure was telling him, you know, forget about the journey you've been on to this to this day. There's a new journey that's about to begin. I'm paraphrasing what he said, but it, that that's sort of what he was alluding to. Yeah, it's just, uh, I remember now, follow me. I do remember hearing that. Uh, I just, I couldn't make it out. I turned the TV up all the way, and I I don't know, it was so distorted. Uh, but also, uh, behind the scenes, uh, backstage, Liv Morgan uh, puts the former uh, Raw general manager through a table. Uh, or, yeah, through a table. And uh, what was kind of cool about that is, the uh, Firefly Funhouse, the logo, Ray's logo, the upside down uh, butterfly or whatever, Firefly, I guess, uh, the upside down one, the logo was right there. You could see as plain as day uh, once she hit that move and uh, put her through the table. And then if you looked over, uh, you seen somebody, I don't know who it was, but they were in a, a black hoodie with their back turned to her. And she once again... Now, she's changing character. Whether she's part of Ray's group or not, I don't know. But she's definitely changing character. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, for sure. I mean, we saw that. We saw hints of that on uh, at Extreme Rules when she wrestled Ronda Rousey. Especially her expression she had on her face as she was passing out in that submission hold. Yeah, and uh, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm here for that. I actually like this Liv Morgan better. The uh, bouncing around, blah, blah, blah. It never got her anywhere. And now it's kind of like she's taken her career in her own hands. And uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, and I'm just like you. I want to see Bray Wyatt in the squares. I want to see The Fiend, to be honest with you. But I'll take what I can get uh, in the square circle. Uh, once again, I for some reason, and I don't know why, <laughs> I am obsessed. Uh, with that supernatural ability the Fiend had to uh, not take any pain before they started ruining it. And uh, somebody, uh, it might have been Randy Orton, somebody beat him for the first time, and I couldn't believe it. Uh, oh, Goldberg. Goldberg. Goldberg, of all people. That's... Yeah. Oh, Goldberg. I mean, how stupid is that? 
Goldberg is going to take the title from him and beat him. Uh, somebody who had, was indestructible. So that character right there, uh, and I embrace such a, such a smart wrestler and such a smart storyteller. I'm sure his next character is going to be even better uh, when we see him in the ring. But I was hooked on The Fiend. Uh, you talk, That was one time that they actually released a wrestler where I was like, you know what? I might just be done with wrestling for a while. <laughs> Uh, because I, I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, the Fiend's back, though. I don't know uh, if he'll ever wrestle as him, but he was back uh, on his return at the uh, uh, at the uh, Extreme Rules, so it'll be interesting. The, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, you, you, yeah, you spotted him in the crowd when the when the camera was uh, panning around. Yeah, he, uh, and I thought, it, I, <laughs> I thought it was Bray Wyatt. I'm like everybody else. That's why the crowd went crazy. I thought it was Bray Wyatt. I was like, holy cow, there he is. It's true, you know, finally. And then that's not Bray Wyatt. Somebody messing with our head. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Raw's card. Uh, Raw's card is kind of interesting for the night. Uh, the first thing is uh, Elias returns. Elias returns. Why is he coming back as Elias? Is my question. Uh, I hope Kevin Owens comes out there and busts him in the mouth. Your thoughts? <laughs> well, uh, the one the one thing I'm going to say is that at least we uh, will once again we'll get to find out what WWE stands for. I said WWE stands for. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I can't remember his brother's name. <laughs> Ezekiel, Ezekiel, that's it. Uh, to be honest with you, Ezekiel was a better wrestler, in-the-ring wrestler, than Elias ever was. So I don't know if this this might be a mistake going back to this character. We'll see. Uh, but I hope Kevin Owens shows up and calls him out. Yeah, I, I have to kind of wonder what. I thought that was weird that they just kind of like abandoned the Ezekiel storyline completely, because I mean I assumed eventually, oh yeah, we'll see him come back as Elias because spoiler alert, it's the same person. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was kind of weird that they that they just. I don't know if they're gonna like have him periodically just go back and forth between both characters or what. That's gonna that's gonna make shaving a pretty difficult thing for him to do. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't see them. You know what, you know what would be cool? Is if they both showed up. Like they had somebody put on a beard and like, you know, looked like Elias and then uh, Ezekiel will be there as well. Kind of like the two Undertakers that time or the two Canes. I mean, you already got, you're already using the Rikishi uh, uh, point with uh, Drew McIntyre hitting uh, Karrion Cross with the car. So I did it for the Rock. Yeah. Uh, then the next match on the card is uh, Gallows and Anderson. Strange. Uh, not against the Judgment Day or members of the Judgment Day like you'd think. Uh, they're actually fighting Alpha Academy. What's your thoughts on that match? That doesn't make any sense. Well, I guess this is just their way to uh, reintroduce the Good Brothers in the ring 
to the fans and, you know, to pick up a victory. It, it is kind of a shame that they have to essentially feed Alpha Academy to Gallows and Anderson because, I mean, again, I Chad Gable's a good wrestler, and Otis, I mean, when he wants to be, can can impress as well. So I'm not saying it's going to be a squash match, but, I, I mean, clearly it's meant to be a showcase for Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, I'm like you. I, I just... Uh... You know, we've we've talked about Chad Gable before, and and how they're wasting him uh, with the WWE. And I truly think they're wasting a brilliant talent. Yes, he's he's not as tall as you'd like him to be, but he is what he is. But he makes up for it uh, on the mic and in the ring. And uh, Otis, you know, Otis, the last week, uh, the last week when I watched him, uh, he reminded me of the old Otis on the mic and his aggression. And uh, I like that Otis a lot better than the one we've seen for the last month. Uh, I don't know. They use these these guys, this team, let's just be honest, they've become the new Dolph Ziggler only for the tag team division. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's a good description. They're they're putting them over whether they're new or old. They're just going to be there to put them over. Sad. Sad waste of talent. Uh, Dexter Loomis, we're going to see him in action tonight against The Miz. If uh, Dexter Loomis wins, he gets a raw contract. Yeah, so he pretty much has to win because he's already under a contract. (laughs) So, your thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't win this match, then what's the point of the storyline? We're just going to drag this out, and they're going to have another match only at a pay-per-view. It's like let let let's just get it over with at this point. Yeah, I think Triple H. I think he will. I think uh, uh, I don't. I don't see them letting. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's going to beat Miz cleanly, but uh, I don't see. Uh, I I don't see them dragging it out much longer. They've got to tell their story now because the story has been built up, built up, built up to almost exhaustion, and now they've got to tell the story. I am actually wondering. Uh, because I still, my friend, I still do not rule out the possibility that he is a part of the Wyatt Six because his character blends right in. So, if Bray Wyatt is going to be strictly on SmackDown, could he possibly lose this match, get mad, and go to SmackDown uh, and be introduced you know, as one of the Wyatt Six? What do you think about that scenario? It's not something I'm opposed to, and it would be a good way to say, well, he lost the match, he doesn't get a Raw contract, but we never said anything about SmackDown. Um, so the, so you definitely could open the door for that possibility. See, the only thing I, the only reason I don't necessarily agree with that theory is because based on other rumors that I've read on the internet, I forget where it was, but w- one of the rumors that's making the rounds is that the Wyatt Six isn't actually six people it's six different personalities for bray wyatt which you know you think back to the three faces of foley many years ago which i've referenced over and over again and you think all right the wyatt six oh so he's going to go back and forth between six different personalities so it's going to kind of be like the movie split but on wwe television <laughs> um not saying he couldn't play play it off or, or pull it off but I would much more prefer the Wyatt Six actually be a group 
of six that's led by Bray Wyatt. That's what they're going to be. They're going to be the new Wyatt family. Uh, I heard that scenario, too, that you're talking about. And, uh, yeah, that's just somebody reaching way too far. <laughs> uh, if, if you count it up, you know, and you do back where, you know, I went to school, uh, you know, one plus five is six. And he had, and I'm not saying these are his, is going to be the wide six, but he had his five puppets, his characters, uh, at Extreme Rules. And then you throw Ray in there with the new mask. That's six. Of course, you do have the Fiend there, who we know, but he's always said that him, the Fiend and Bray Wyatt are two different people. He's always said that. We know it's not true, but he has said that. So if you add all those puppets that came to life up, that's five of them. And then Bray makes six. It just, I, I think it's the new wife family. I'm not saying it's going to be the puppets. We may never see them again, but, and you know, somebody that's missing, uh, I went back and watched, uh, the end of uh, Extreme Rules the other day uh, just because I wanted to see something that I thought I caught. If you slow that down and you look at the, um, uh, what is the guy, the lizard, what, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know who I'm talking name. about, though, right? So when, when, that, when yeah. it shows him, when the light comes on, if you look at it and pause it real close, and I'm psychotic, so yeah, I did. Uh, and you look at it real close, that kind of looks like Baron Corbin. A lot, even with the, even with the tattoo on the guy's arm. Interesting. Well, yeah, because I mean, what's Baron Corbin doing right now? Might as well throw him in the Wyatt family. Uh, I think people are a little sick and tired of Happy Corbin. Give us, uh, give us morbid Cor- but now, Corbin. Now, if you want to believe the dirt sheets, uh, Corbin's coming back as a single competitor, and JBL is supposed to come back as his manager, which I find, uh, I find that pretty interesting. JBL throwing his hat back in the WWE uh, after all these years. Uh, he's been in uh, politics, uh, hot and heavy for G Almighty. Uh, let's see, at least the last five years. Uh, I ran across him and uh, even talked about him on my other show. So it'd be interesting if uh, if we do see uh, JBL come back uh, managing uh, Baron Corbin. It doesn't make Corbin would have to give up the happy Corbin uh, gimmick for JBL to be his manager. I'm sure, and uh, he can't give up he can't give that gimmick up fast enough for me. So, but yeah, there's a couple people that are missing that we haven't seen lately. Uh, Madcap Moss, Baron Corbin. Who who knows what's going on, man? Uh, I mean, they're still with the company. Uh, we just haven't seen them on TV a whole lot. So anything is possible, I guess. And that's what I love about this Bray Wyatt uh, return. Because we just don't know. And they're doing such a great job of not putting too many spoilers out there. And the spoilers that they're giving you, they're feeding it to you, still with the barcodes and uh, everything like that. And uh, I think it's genius that the new guy that they hired uh, from Marvel, he needs the, he needs a raise already. I mean, I think it's genius. Uh, also on uh, Raw tonight, we have Matt Riddle. I thought this was over with, but I guess not. 
going up against Seth Rollins for the United States Championship. Uh, I, I just don't think they know what to do with Matt Riddle right now. Uh, he's kind of floating. Uh, he was challenging the bloodline last week. Uh, now he's back against Seth Rollins. Uh, I, I just don't think they know what to do with him right now. Your thoughts? Well, I, I mean, again, I thought that that feud had wrapped up. So the fact that Rollins wins the belt and he already has a contender the next week. I mean, I guess they figured Riddle's racked up a couple of big wins recently when he beat Seth Rollins at Extreme Rules. And he also beat Sami Zayn last week. So let's reward him with a title opportunity. I mean, I'm sure, again, it'll be a good match. But I mean, how many times are these gonna guys going to have to wrestle each other? I mean, it does wear out its welcome after a while. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be a good TV match, but I'd like to see Seth move on to feud with somebody else after Yeah, what did you think about uh, my comment about they, they don't really know what to do with them right now? I, I, I don't disagree. Um, I think... You know he he you know he won that initial feud with Seth Rollins, uh, but now he's he's just kind of striking out on his own now. And I mean, I I I don't know what the next direction is because again, if you believe um, everything you've read on the internet, it's uh, Randy Orton's still going to be out for a while. I think he's dealing with a back injury, um, so it's not like they can continue the RK Bro storyline. Uh, so I, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Matt Riddle to be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah. Uh, interesting that you brought that up. Uh, Randy Orton and, uh, Adam Cole on AEW, uh, are both out with injuries and the injuries, the way that Dave Meltzer has praised both of these injuries and they're completely different. Uh, Adam Cole is, uh, is a concussion. Randy Orton has a, has a severe back injury. Uh, they're completely different, but he did sum up the same that these injuries that these both of these competitors and these are these both of these guys are superstars in my eyes. Uh, they could be back tomorrow. And this is Dave Meltzer's words, not mine. Uh, they could be back tomorrow or they could never be back. That's pretty strong statements about two uh, great superstars, uh, in my opinion. Have you heard that or what are your thoughts about that? I have heard that. Um, I, based on what I've read, I don't think the rumor was that Randy will never be back. He's just going to miss a significant amount of time. But Adam Cole, I did hear that story, that there's the possibility that either he could get cleared to return to the ring any day now, or his concussion might be so severe he may never wrestle again. So uh, that's... Those are pretty opposite ends of the coin there, if you will. And it would be very unfortunate if both of these guys had to like prematurely end their careers, especially Adam Cole, because he's still not that old. I mean, he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot more to contribute to the wrestling industry, to be perfectly honest. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Be very unfortunate if either guy was uh, was no longer able to step in the square. Yeah, circle. it. Uh... Yes, it would. Absolutely. It would be, uh, uh, yeah, either one. You're, you're right. Uh, I was going to say Randy Orton's, uh, been in a lot longer, but he's still young as far as age wise. So, uh, yeah, it would be, um, 
and Adam Cole, I mean, you know, and what I'm afraid is we're going to have another uh, edge on our hands where they might leave for 10 or who wants that? Nobody wants these guys to leave now. Wrestling is right now probably the best it's been in probably the last 10 years, in my opinion. So, you know, it, no matter which show you're on. Uh, and then we do have another return tonight. Uh, Brock Lesnar is set to return. Uh, I think that uh, he's coming back because uh, they're going to make it official that him and Bobby Lashley are going to fight a crown jewel. Um, I do believe that that is the uh, the road. I think that's the whole reason for him coming back. Your thoughts? Oh, undoubtedly. I mean, they had unfinished business uh, dating back to the Royal Rumble earlier this year, so I'm not surprised that they're having another match. Fact, uh, in fact, uh, depending on who wins this match at Crown Jewel, I wouldn't be opposed to them having having one final match after that because, um, you know, they've they're very similar athletic backgrounds. Both were amateur wrestlers. Both made waves in the MMA world before returning to WWE. I mean, it, it, it's pretty it's pretty crazy how similar their their paths were in the industry. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, when they when they do collide at Crown Jewel, which I think they're going to announce it, um, I, I think it's definitely going to be. a Yeah, good I'm match here to for watch. it. I, I want to see it. Um, I, t- I think I said that in the last episode. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Another Crown Jewel match that I'm that I think's coming uh, that we actually seen going back to SmackDown uh, that we've seen finally starting to form uh and i think it's going to be interesting i I don't know i I hear that they're finally going to give this guy a push uh i just don't think he's talented enough but it's possible uh but that's going to be uh omos and he's uh he's going to fight braun Strowman, and i see that building towards crown jewel i don't think that match is big enough to go to the survivor series uh so crown jewel kind of makes sense on that um It'd be interesting. I mean, uh, Brock Lesnar, he actually, this during SmackDown, uh, he did the hands gesture, like get these hands. Uh, so maybe he is going to bring that back. I just wish to God he'd get rid of those Santa Claus fans. Your thoughts on that match? Well, the Santa Claus pants, I agree, need to go. Just just go back to that ring gear you wore before you left WWE, Braun. It looked perfectly fine. Um <laughs> You know, this this match could go one of two ways because they both have been doing a lot of squash matches where they take these tiny guys and they just throw them around the ring and run into the corners, power slam and choke slam them, power bomb them and everything and show off their strength, which, yeah, it's impressive. Don't get me wrong. But two guys that size wrestling, you know, you could have one or two scenarios. You could have, it, it could be a match similar to like when Braun Strowman wrestled Big Show a few years back where they really surprised us with their, with the way they were able to move and power each other around and everything. And you could have that scenario, or it could just be like watching two, re, two refrigerators try to dance and <laughs> neither guy's going to know what to do. And, and it would just be a boring and slow match. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pulling for both guys. I hope they can pull it off, but I don't know if this is the uh, best scenario. <laughs> Two refrigerators dancing. Sorry, I just I, I, that that was hilarious. Um, shoo. <clears throat> I uh, <laughs> I 
if they fight at Crown Jewel, and I, I think they are going to, um, I would like to see, I would like to see the ring explode, like we've seen in the past, where like somebody does a uh, drop kick or something stupid off the top rope, and just like the whole ring just <laughs> explodes. We haven't seen that in a very long time, and uh, I always found those kind of matches enjoyable. So, <laughs> um, so that's that's all for the Raw card. Uh, one thing I did want to uh, talk to you about real quick, Donnie, is uh, on uh, Bound for Glory, and I know you I know you don't get a chance to watch TNA much, but that was a pretty good pay-per-view. But one of my favorite wrestlers uh, actually showed back up, won the Battle Royal, and is now has a number one's contenders uh, match uh, for the world title against Josh Alexander. And this 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 gentleman has... He's retired from the ring a long time ago, but he's not retired from wrestling because he's still been all around behind the scenes and on the mic. And that's uh, Bully Ray. And uh, Bully Ray actually looks like he's in better shape than he was when he was uh, the leader of Aces and Eights, one of the last roles that he played. And um, man, oh, man, uh, I don't know. What do, what do you think about TNA bringing him back and uh, making him the number one contender? and? Uh, you know he's trying to uh, he's trying to act like a baby face, but all these other wrestlers <laughs> from his past came out on a TNA show this week on Tuesday and uh, uh, called him out saying that he was just going to stab Alexander in the back and this. I mean that's I mean that's his forte. That's what he's known for. That's why probably why he's one of my favorite wrestlers. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, any thoughts on that? I-, I thought that was interesting. It was definitely unexpected, and I, I think they could have gone to the well, and there's multiple guys they could have potentially brought back and said, like, hey, here's another former Impact champion to challenge Josh Alexander. I mean, they could have done that with uh, Johnny Impact. They could have done that with Christopher Daniels. I mean, there's multiple guys I can think about that they could have brought back to potentially challenge Josh Alexander. But, you know, Bully Ray, he... uh he was a big part of that Aces and Eight storyline, like you said, and obviously he had tremendous success with Team 3D, with Devon, and this is definitely a good way to help legitimize Josh Alexander more as a major player in the wrestling world, because I don't think Josh Alexander is going to stay in Impact forever, to be perfectly honest. Um, I see him being one of those types of guys who... When, it, when an opportunity comes up, he could potentially jump ship to WWE or, or to AEW if, if, if the right opportunity is there. Um, so this will be an interesting match. And like I said, if Josh Alexander does pull off a victory, it'll add a lot of credibility. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to watching the actual match when it happens. Um, now, Josh Alexander was on a podcast uh, three weeks ago. Um, and as everybody knows, he just resigned with, uh, TNA, uh, his contract actually expired. He had to actually go back to, uh, Canada, uh, to work on getting a visa and actually got everything done faster, unless that was all work. Uh, <laughs> and he got everything done faster than he was supposed to and showed back up and won the title back. Anyways, um, on the podcast, he was asked, you know, uh, was TNA his only option? And uh, he actually said he had several opportunities, but he came back to TNA 
uh, because they're the only ones that would give him a chance before his, you know, before his stardom, uh, before he started becoming a superstar. I'm like you. I think that who knows how long that TNA contract was for, especially if he got really good offers from like AEW or WWE. Um, I think that he's gone uh, at once his contract expires again. The only thing I don't like about Josh Alexander, and I think he's great in the ring, is I just don't like his wrestling gear. I, guys, Kurt Angle retired a long time ago. Stop trying to do that crap. Move, Get your own style and do that. That's the only thing I don't like about Josh Alexander. What do you think about that, his his uh, onesie tights and all that crap. Well, I actually feel like it's less of a tribute to Kurt Angle and it's more of a tribute to Rick Steiner because Rick Steiner wore similar gear and he also wore the headgear, to um, which was a tribute to his amateur days at a, a University of Michigan. So I think it's actually meant to be more of a tribute to Rick Steiner. I could be totally wrong, but... Um, and yeah, the Kurt Angle influence is there too. Don't get me wrong, but... I was thinking more Rick Steiner than uh, yeah, and I, than I wasn't Angle. even thinking about like a tribute. You're right about the dog face gremlin. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, uh, I'm just like Chad Gable and uh, Otis. You know, I, it, it it's time to change. Change with the times. You know, uh, I just uh, I just think they're done. Those type of outfits. That's just my opinion. Just my opinion. But <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, yeah, I wanted to bring that up. I know we know normally talk about impact but we did have a little bit of uh extra time because there wasn't a whole lot that happened on smackdown or raw uh, or smackdown or uh rampage except for the amazing uh bray wyatt uh so uh that's about all i do have for today's episode uh mr cage what about yourself sorry about that uh yeah that's that's all i have uh tonight Kentucky now guy. you guys are going to see something on the internet if you haven't seen it already Sorry, I forgot to mention this. You're going to see that uh, CM Punk is going to be moving into an executive role with AEW. That is a lie. I have got that confirmed that that is, they don't know who put that out there, but that's absolutely absurd. Uh, CM Punk is still under contract with AEW. However, and uh, I'm just now able to talk about this, uh, however, nothing has happened to any of the stars, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, CM Punk, anybody involved in that, because one of those superstars, and I don't know who, I uh, probably wouldn't be allowed to say if I did, um, have taken Tony Khan to court uh, over defamation of character and hostile work environment. <laughs> These are professional wrestlers, by the way. Uh, it sounds like we all know who it sounds like took that, right? Because there's only one really, I think, in jeopardy of losing their job. Uh, they were talking about buying out his contract and everything at one time, but everything is on hold now. So if you're going to hear a lot of stuff because people love to talk, uh, you heard it here first. It's all crap. Do you have any comments on that, sir? <laughs> well, again, even in this day and age where there are just so many sources to find your information on uh, pro wrestling, it, you know, you, you can't believe everything you read on, on the internet. And until somebody actually comes, comes out, somebody who has firsthand knowledge of what's going on, 
you, you just can't believe it because it's all, it's all going to be secondhand and thirdhand knowledge. And he said this, and this person said that. And yeah, I, 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 it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next several weeks. Will we get to see CM Punk or uh, the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega return to TV in the near future? I'm hoping we do. Um, but I mean, if I were AEW, I would just, I mean, I would just milk this thing at this point and turn it into some sort of a work because, uh, uh there was so much negative publicity they got after the all out scrum and the subsequent, uh, backstage brawl that they, they, they've got to do whatever they can to come out, um, to come out looking good. Yeah, from this, I agree. Uh, situation. And, uh, it's going to be a while before, uh, we see, uh, the young buck. And remember guys, we don't ever report anything on here unless we're pretty solid on it. So we're not just saying this just to be talking. <laughs> uh, I promise you, uh, heard this from reliable, uh, sources, but, uh, it's going to be a little bit longer before we see the young bucks. And like I said, everything's on hold. Every, everything's on hold, uh, people coming back and, and what have you. So, and I don't blame them. I would too. If the owner and the president of my company, uh, was under a, a, a bullcrap lawsuit, uh, I wouldn't do any negotiating either. And I'm sure by the, by the courts, you know, the courts probably told him, Hey, don't even talk about it. Cause I've noticed that, uh, it's radio silence, uh, when it comes to AEW or Tony Khan, and he's on a lot, a lot of podcasts and MJF is as well here lately. And it's radio silent. And I'm sure there's a reason for that. So, so just hang loose, enjoy John Moxley and, uh, Daniel Bryanson and MJF and the superstars they have. They have so many wrestlers right now. And don't get me wrong. I'm a Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Everybody knows that. I'm, I'm a huge fan of those guys. Uh, and I can't wait to see them back in the square circle either. But just need to be a little bit patient. And just like Donnie said, do not follow everything that you hear because it will absolutely drive you insane. But uh, that is for all we do have for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. And as always, I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy, and your host, Donnie Cage. God bless, and God bless America.